Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do once a week. We broadcast on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We're actually pre-recording today because of our vacation schedules. And it's an opportunity for us to share information that we first shared in our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And that book was a compilation of what we learned over decades of facilitating pet loss groups for people in New Jersey. We are able now to take that knowledge and share it with, with you and with a much broader audience. And in fact, we're very happy that we're able to dialogue with you. And so much of what we do in these programs is we share stories that we've received from, from you, from audience members, and then we give our thoughts and reactions and recommendations. And so we want to continue that. And so if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach me via email at kenddv at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at n Saxton Lopez at csmpc.com. That's N S A X T O N L O P E Z at csmpc.com. You can also leave us a voicemail through the Anchor app, and there's a link to that in the description wherever you're listening to this or seeing this broadcast. And we also would be happy to have you donate to us to support our work. <laughs> Certainly don't need to do that, but it 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 would be a nice a nice uh, thing to to receive. We can be donated to through Venmo, and you'll see that link on the description as well, and also through PayPal. Also, we'd like you to know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, and there's a description of Dakin on the description for our programs as well. It would be great if you thought about uh, giving to Dakin. And so there's a range of options for you to donate if you are so inclined. Dakin Humane is D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot org. Also, we'll let you know that I am facilitating a monthly pet loss support group via Zoom. It's sponsored by Dakin, and you can RSVP to join the Zoom meeting at that same link, dakin.org. So Nancy, I think we'll we'll start. Yes, we up. have two um, uh, stories that we would like to share of love and loss. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, we're very, you know, happy, say happy, but we're happy that you guys have, are sharing with us because we feel it's really important for our audience, for anyone in our audience to listen to someone's stories. Um, I think some people have a really difficult time writing them, but we also believe that writing them is therapeutic, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and looking uh, through their life with their beloved animals. Sometimes we now have animals that are sick and there's an anticipatory grieving that's going on. Um, but um, it, it's also important to share with others um, because it, it really helps at the community, a universality that they're not, people aren't alone in their grief. Sure. And so if you do share a story with us, please let us know whether or not it's okay 
to share it on the program. If you send us a note and you'd like for us just to respond, we, we respond to all the notes. One or both of us will respond, but it's fine to let us know that it really would be your preference to not share it. And we'll certainly respect that or to share the story. Or to share parts of it. Shield yeah. your identity or, or not include certain parts that you maybe wouldn't be so comfortable here, having others here. So here is a story from Beth Ann. And Beth Ann says that I recently lost my cat, Jasper, in April. I found great comfort in your podcast as I'm grieving my, path, my cat's death very hard. I was inspired by last week's episode to share my story with you. I'm 34 years old and I have Crohn's disease. This mm -hmm. diagnosis changed my life and I had taken, it had taken parts of my life. I can't work due to my disability and I deal with a fair amount of pain. I was diagnosed with Crohn's in 2012 and didn't really have a purpose. Fast forward to 2015, I was living with my boyfriend and his family. I'm a huge cat lover and this was the first time in about 10 years that I didn't have a cat. Well, in May of 2015, my boyfriend's mother found a litter of the small little kittens. From the second I laid eyes on them, I knew they were going to be mine. There were two males and one female. We named them Raja, Jasper, and Gizmo. But there was something about Jasper that I knew he was going to be my cat. Jasper and I had a bond like no other. He became my therapy cat. And by that, I mean he was there for me when I wasn't feeling good. And he knew when a Crohn's flare-up was going. I loved the other two cats, but Jasper was like my soul cat. He was amazing. In 2018, our trio became a, du a duo when Gizmo suddenly passed away. She suddenly collapsed in November of 2018, and the vet told us that she had a heart attack. Well, the boys did well until February of this year. Jasper was food-motivated, and when he didn't wake up one morning for breakfast, I knew there was something seriously wrong. He was breathing very heavy and was throwing up. We rushed him to the emergency vet. The vet told us that he had congestive heart failure and that he had about three to six months to live. We brought him home with medicine and he seemed to be doing well for about two months. On April 16th, the day before Easter, my boy was beginning to breathe heavy again and could not hold food and water in. So we called our vet and the vet pretty much told us at that point, he was full of fluid on his lungs and heart again. And the kindest thing to do was to put him to sleep, which we did. And I'm just a huge mess. I'm a mess because now I'm experiencing my first flare up without my boy and it's so hard. He brought so much comfort to me in my pain that I'm trying to navigate all this. I also can't stop crying and I miss him. He was always there for me through the pain, the sorrow and the hardest nights. It also was weird because I had no idea this flare up was coming because no one let me know. So I miss my boy and I'm also dealing with the guilt of loving Raja differently. It's just a whole weird feeling. So I'm all very anxious over my Raja being the only cat now. I'm so worried about him. Thank you for your time, Beth Ann. Wow. So we need, we need to talk about someone who has chronic illness 
and you know and some chronic illnesses are very difficult obviously you know but the onset you know on disability and you know jasper became her her therapy dog right her emotional yeah. support animal you know yeah. as she said her soul cat but also her heart cat right and, so, and he could also he could also sense when a crohn's episode mm -hmm. was coming and and so for her, no matter if she loved Gizmo and Raj, Raj, right. and um, as she loved them, but Jasper really was, you know, her her animal, her cat, and and of course after he died, and yes, there was congestive heart failure, and yes, you know, he lasted a few months, and then of course it it, it overpowered him, um, but she did have a flare up of her Crohn's and that would that would be you know a normal response to that unfortunately yeah it's very common when you have a major loss to have whatever kind of signature stress symptoms you have to really hit hard and and Crohn's is an illness that's that's activated sometimes by a lot of stress as all chronic illnesses are and so it makes sense that she might have a flare-up and we're also, you know, thinking about how you can love all of your animals, but you may have that heart or soul animal. Yep. And she's yep. feeling, it sounds like, a little bit guilty about yeah. Raj, right? Yeah. Raj? So, you know, we want to help her, you know, be good with, with herself about this. To yeah, just because you... herself about, you know, that she may have loved and her, her belief is she may have loved Jasper more. We, we love all of our animal companions in a special way and it's not identical one to the next. Mm -hmm. And there are some that touch us more deeply than others, but that doesn't mean that we don't love our other animal companions and it doesn't mean that we have anything to feel bad about. That's simply the way relationships work and we just need to be okay with ourselves and realize that we're not, there's nothing to feel guilty about. There's nothing to punish ourselves about. It's just life. Every relationship is different. And we know, Bethann, you loved all of your cats. Yep. Um, Jasper just, just kind of was in your heart a little bit different. And we're, we're really happy that you shared this with us so we can share it with others. And we wish you, um, you know, um, the healing and, and caring and loving thoughts as you go through the grieving process about Jasper. Yeah, and it, it, it is so often the case that when we have a loss, there's a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah. It doesn't happen in a vacuum and it often doesn't happen when we're at the very best in terms of the rest of our lives being low stress, the rest of our lives being really positive. Sometimes we're really struggling and then we have a loss and so it complicates it. And I feel like that's yes. something that Beth Ann is dealing with. And as you said, Nancy, we wish her the best and take good care of, we hope she takes good care of herself, herself. And, and continues on to, to feel okay about her relationship with her other Raj, companion. Right. 
So the next is Katie and Bella. Um, my name is Katie P Petty, and my 15-year-old Chihuahua is, was, named Bella. And you may include my story if you'd like. I hope you can and will. Bella was my life. You know how often we hear that. I could not have children, so she was my child. I got her at six months old from the pound and had her the entire 15 years. We grew up together. I was 20 when I adopted her, and I'm now 35. Bella always received proper vet care, checkups, prevention, anything. Bella was what I call my $50,000 baby because she had pancreatitis at a young age. One time a car hit her at a park. She was attacked by a large dog during a walk and she always persevered and recovered. She developed kidney disease October 10th, 2021. She was vomiting badly, so I took her in and the vet told me the bad news. I actually lost my breath, as we know, we've gone through that, from shock and hyperventilated. Yeah. How can this be, I said. Bella has always been provided with excellent veterinarian care and food no matter the cost, I did it all. This disease was subcutaneous fluids, medications, appetite stimulants. Bella is my first pet, and I've never had to, had to have an animal cross that bridge until her on November 30th, 2021. I'm struggling with all of this, Bella getting sick so quickly. She wasn't slowing down, and even up until her last day, she still wanted and willingly went to the park, our favorite activity. I'm also struggling with the euthanasia. I know it literally means good death, but if it's good and a kindness, why does it come with such a big emotional cost and emotional fees? The did I do it too soon or am I playing God is where I am at. During her treatment, and even when I had to make the call, my husband didn't give me any emotional support. I went to all of the appointments alone. I held her alone as she passed. He said it's because he didn't want to believe or accept that she was sick or close to dying. But I can promise you both, he loved her very much. Since her passing, I've had to call numerous pet grief support lines, and I'm not getting any better. I have my 12-year-old Pomeranian left, and watching her look for her friend and seeing me sad is hard. How do we accept when it's time? How can euthanasia seem like such a horrible thing? I had the vet come to our home to do the service so Bella could have some sort of peace and dignity left. But also I could feel, um, also I could, I feel like I had just a little bit of control left over the say-so of my baby. When the vet team arrived at my home, my veterinarian told me she's only going to get worse. As I sobbed and said, in all of your years of experience, doctor, and all of your knowledge, am I doing the right thing? She looked at me with kindness in her eyes and said, yes, Katie, you are. Bella has lost a lot of weight. She's very weak. And we are all surprised she's made it this long. You've done more than most. She's hurting and has held on for you, but it's best you let her go. I have to replay that conversation over and over in my mind. I thought doing all the medical things would help her live even longer, 
she was at stage four kidney disease when diagnosed. Her lab work two days prior was the worst it had ever been, despite all the treatments and fluids being done the last six weeks. Kidney disease is very wicked and terrible. Anyone that's been through it knows. When the sedative went into Bella, I felt her little body relax. Mine didn't. I screamed and cried looking at my bed, dead in her eyes again and begging her to please tell me once more that I'm doing the right thing. She reassured me I was and said if Bella was her dog, she would be doing the same thing. But it still haunts me. I then yelled, stop, just stop. I don't want to do this to her. But she was already gone, they said, for the second medicine going in. It would have been nice if they told me they had already put the medicine in the line that would make her die. I sat with her for as long as I could, feeling her body grow cold, sobbing and pleading to come back. So here I am writing to you, confused, angry, sad. It was so much regret and heartache. If you read this, please keep me on your thoughts and prayers. Thank you for all of your episodes and gentle hearts. It means a lot to listeners like me. And here are some photos of us. And, and it, they were beautiful. They're wonderful beautiful. photographs there of her and Bella and their little Pomeranian and the, the Bella, Katie and her husband. And <laughs> they're great photos. One of the photos is of Bella's paw in Katie's hand. And just a beautiful family, beautiful collection. We've got to start putting these photos up. Yeah, we're going to try we're to figure, figure that out, out so people can figure out how also to do look this. at the photos. And um, there's so much, there's so much here. And, and, and I'll say that Katie got in touch with me recently and, and gently encouraged us to read this story because we hadn't read it yet. And so we haven't read all the stories that we've received. So uh, I went back and found it. Now we're, we're making sure that we check off which all of our, all of our stories will be, will be shared. Right. If you want them to be. Yeah. And so she said she's doing better now because it's a few months past, but she said something that is so reminiscent of what I feel and what I know other many other people feel. She said, everything reminds me of her. Everything reminds me of the loss. And, and I have to say too, one of the things that strikes me really powerfully about Katie's story is how she really got upset as the euthanasia yeah. was happening. And that I think is very typical too. And that's some, I had the experience where we were told, we took our little Abigail to the vet. This was, I believe, August 23rd of last year. Cause she had, she was breathing very heavy. And they told us that we should take her to the emergency vet. And, but they also took some time to, evaluate her to call the emergency vet to make sure that they had an oxygen tent available. And then they basically, then our vet told us she's in really bad shape. You know, we're going to give her some Lasix, more Lasix, which she actually had taken some already and see if we can't, you know, bolster her to get her to the vet. Anyway, my husband and I got in the car, my husband is holding her and she started she started die. I mean, really for real dying, like convulsing and just kind of straight. And I freaked. Wow. I, mean, I just started I crying and shouting. We turned around and we went back to the vet 
because we decided that we wanted them to euthanize her to help her pass in a way that wasn't painful because she clearly we're not gonna, we were not going to make it to the emergency vet which was at least a half hour if not more away but i i always remember that i sort of lost it and i felt like i and i've said to tim a number of times i i don't feel great about the fact that if abigail heard that she heard such distress and and he will say well she was already gone which i think she pretty much was but sometimes we cannot help that we just like and yeah, what you it's know it's, it's just such an intent because we love them so much and when we see that they're that they're dying it it is overpowering for some of us on certain occasion on for certain of our pets and so i really i really resonate with what yeah. katie's saying and and you know that the whole question of the the vet telling it sounds like she had a really nice yeah. vet a really supportive yes. vet really who kind. told her the mag the magic words i think that it's great to hear from your vet if it is if it were my pet i would I be would doing do. this and sometimes veterinarians won't they don't want to say that because they don't want to tell you what to do i think there's a there's a there's a you know, no no more. yeah no veterinarians want to say yes you should yeah. do this anymore and so but it's so comforting to hear that and and so it's very clear that this dog this little bella was just absolutely of crucial importance like a primary one of the primary relationships for bella as so many of our pets are and and also it was one of those pets where she had to take care of her a lot she had to do a lot of intimate care she had pancreatitis at a yeah, young age she had all kinds of medical issues and that builds a kind of intimacy that is unparalleled when you have to be giving your dog medication and watching them really carefully and maybe giving them subcutaneous fluids or just kind of monitoring so much about the way they're doing and behaving the level of intimacy and connection is monumental and so we again we thank katie for sharing this story also it's 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 good that she said that her husband didn't give her any emotional support and and yet she they under they've talked that through obviously yeah. and they understand that she's it's not like he didn't he didn't care or you know no, it didn't she matter to him he no really he was just he was just in a different place in his but grief he, he, he could, was disbelieving he was right. numb he was he was in denial a little bit which is not an uncommon thing either right? very common and um, very common so so that they were able to navigate that is such an important like there's no right way to do this yeah. and we have to be gentle with the people who are part of our lives when we're exactly. going through this we have to be really empathic and give them the benefit of the doubt and listen to what they have to say because they may they may experience the loss and the grieving journey very very differently than we do and also i think it, it really showcases the euthanasia decision yeah and how hard that is for any of us to make that decision um and so she she struggled with that um and i'm sure that he struggled with that 
um, and because he didn't even come to the euthanasia. Yeah. So, and like you said, it would not be uncommon for her to have that reaction. But I do think that's interesting um, that the, the two shots are very close together. Yeah. I mean, at least from what I've seen, I've experienced over the last few years. Yeah. You know, there's one shot to relax and then the other shot goes. Now, I'm sure that I mean, would hope that veterinarians talk about that. But when you're grieving and when you're anxious and when you're in that emotional state, it's sometimes hard to hear exactly oh, sure. yeah, you know, what, yeah. what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, um... So, um, but we understand that. I will say this, and, and Susan Cohen said this beautifully. I always give her credit, um, but she said it. She said it actually on television. Now, Susan Cohen was the grief counselor at the Animal Medical Center in New York. She was one of the first people in the field. And what she said is, "You didn't kill your dog, the disease or cat, your pet." The disease does that the disease is killing yeah you, you know? just ease the transition or ease their suffering and it's an amazing gift it's an amazing gift and and we were recently sharing a, another story where the person who's telling the story was saying that they made the decision to let their dog go because they knew they weren't having any pleasure in their life and they didn't yeah. want to hang on to them for just for themselves. themselves right and so it's amazingly as, as i believe this person said it's an impossible decision but you have to make it right if and, you're gonna, and if really you love your dog right. you love your pet and you want to end their suffering you have to make that decision but there is some control over that you know yep. and that's i mean like when you experience abigail dying right yeah. and there was not anything that you could do I, I never had to do that either my my animals died at the vet or we euthanize them right so i've never really seen that process which i think would make me well it was very it was so we got back to the vet and she was still alive technically and the vet couldn't find a vein oh. to put in. So she jabbed her two times. And then I said to the veterinarian who was part of the practice, but we'd never worked with her before. I said, no, don't do it again. We'll just hold her and let her go. Because it made no sense to me that you would keep, well, she, you know, she was a tiny little dog. She was five and a half right. pounds. And the situation was extreme. She was lying on her back and we were holding her and the vet was trying to find a vein. And I think she might've said something to me, like I can inject it directly into, into the heart. heart. Yes. And right. that horrified me at that moment. <laughs> I'm like, cause she was, she was clearly almost gone. And she well, was and, gone. And I, and I think you guys seconds. made a good decision with that. I yeah. mean, I had a client that I work with that she had um, a euthanasia at home and this was just a vet she didn't know, right? And the vet came in, it could not find a vein and did do the, the injections into the heart. Now that the client just, she she had a breakdown, you yeah. know? Um, and the vet was upset because she couldn't find a vein. And she said, the only thing I can do is this. And then she injected, you know, the, the fluid into the heart. And I'm, I'm no matter how you slice it, it's horrible. You know. Yeah, so, it's a well. It can be a very hard thing, and it was, and it, you know, in in our case, 
Abigail was very near death. Yeah. Yes. She was we dying. brought her back there because she looked to be in extraordinary discomfort. I mean, she, she, she also didn't, I mean, it would be hard to know whether or not she was conscious at all because she didn't look like she was, she looked like mm -hmm. she was just, you know, transitioning, but yeah, that was something that, you know, it's just, it's just the, the circumstances are always unique and there I've had, I've had the situation too, where we bring, we brought my cat Phoebe to the vet to be euthanized. And it's the vet was getting the injection ready and she just died. Yeah. Well, they were ready, right? I mean, that yeah, was kind of yeah. the process. And I will say that all of my experiences with euthanasia have been very gentle and very peaceful. So I also want to say that because yeah. most of yeah. the time, veterinarians are, you know, they'll, they'll explain the process yep. and you hold them and they just go to sleep. Yeah, that is my experience too, that, that other times when we've had to euthanize our animal companions that it's been a very it's been very smooth it's been very gentle of course it's very sad but it's not traumatic in the ways that we just described some of them being but that's you have some control over but you're, that's also a gift for the animal in, in context to what's going on yeah yeah but we so, want to thank beth ann and katie yep very so, much thank you very sure. much and, we'll and nancy great talking with you have a good vacation next week. You, you have a good time tomorrow. So. Yes. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Bye.